It's a new day in the workroom and I'm back for my holidays. How was Portugal? Oh, Portugal was magical. So it was, I drank and was merry. It was very, very interesting though. So I have been a regular holidayer at very queer locations the last number of years. I've been okay. yumboing it up over in Gran Canaria, Bear Week in mm-hmm. Sidges, Manchester. That's been my like go-to. So this was like a, a like a baptism of fire in heterosexual holiday making Ibiza uncovered style. Like it was oh, it was wild. The stag parties, the hen parties, the 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 strippers, the people trying to shove drugs at me i was like this is not this is not what i want Uh, but it actually was what i wanted as well i wanted to sit in judgment on the first story gay bar the only one in albufeira and look out at all the straight people below and go "Mm -hmm, that's right i'm where i belong (laughs) because i guess you weren't there with a local but you were there with somebody who like spoke the language does that add to your holiday i always find like i find out more bits when i'm with someone yeah no it definitely was it definitely was convenient being there with so many spoke portuguese because like it meant that we could go a little bit further off the beaten track and like look for some kind of like less kind of you know center of the the strip kind of restaurants and there was you were Mm. able to like engage and talk to um the the staff a bit easier if there was like a language barrier there um but also you know to be fair it's very touristy so there wasn't that much Mm. off beaten track to go on but it was just it was it was my first proper holiday i think in the last two years which i'm which i'm now very happy to have done i recommend it everybody get onto budgettravel.ie book yourself a week (laughs) holiday for this for this weekend don't name them unless they're going to be a sponsor (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's it yeah we'll be getting did you have a pastel donata (laughs) oh i had more than one i I had a bag i think i i definitely had more than 18 Okay, I when I was over there for Eurovision, I think you were over at the same mm-hmm. time. My boyfriend and I would have one a day, and we would pretend to be Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood tasting them, being like, "Oh, the crumbing, this is good. You can taste the orange. Mm. They're just exquisite. They are absolutely exceptional." And then I made the mistake of like when I was coming back to the airport, they sell them in a little box, and I was like, oh, "I'll get some of them to bring them home because it'll be like you know a little bit of Portugal, my magic holiday. The ones that you like, the ones you buy fresh from the bakeries there are so spectacularly delicious." And I was just like, I was done dirty by these god-awful ones that I got in the airport. Yeah, I'd love to know, is there like a version of shit pints of Guinness, but just for like shit pastel de nata Instagram page where Portuguese people are like, How dare they? What did you think of last week's episode of España? It was absolutely spectacular. It was, mm. uh, it was, I mean, like absolutely deservedly has been sort of like crowned the new like best episode of Drag Race ever and start to finish mm. it was brilliant those talents on the talent show like that to be honest with you that kind of shows when the queens have freedom to like prepare for something in a meaningful way do things that are kind of a bit different have access to maybe lip syncing songs and like merging and mashing together songs that are kind of well known like they can put on a real performance and a bit of budget with backing dancers as well yeah like, you know exactly and you got the impression that there had been like significant rehearsal time one thing i didn't enjoy was to like pretend that it was a shock that they had a talent show and then they all come out and one of them's like literally wearing a transformer costume it's like no they, yeah. they knew about this ahead of time uh, so I could have done without that sort of bit but honestly like it it was it was amazing it was it, it was, was absolutely spectacular I would say now I didn't love the episode start to finish and I said in last week's episode with Kitty the lip sync was awful 
Like I couldn't Honestly, give the episode though, a ten out of ten because that lip sync was atrocious and the wrong person went home. Absolutely, as we saw this week, finally the right person went home. Samantha Ballantyne yeah. should have gone home week one. Like yeah. I don't like. I guess we're we're not privy to the kind of the, this majesty that she's shown because like even mm. as she was like on her way out the door after doing shit three weeks in a row, they literally had like close ups. It was like a firm fan favorite was leaving, and it's like mm. you've shown us literally nothing that would make me believe that this is a person who would be a front runner in this competition. And even like I know we're jumping right to the end of the episode, but like even after a third shit lip sync from her where she spent most of the time getting dressed it was like an episode of what not to wear mm. she like Supreme looks like you both did amazing no Supreme no she did not I'm here to tell you that the Emperor has no clothes on uh, <laughs> literally they took them lip-sync. off like mid lip sync like it, yeah no you're absolutely right like it was it. I mean I guess it's in a way it sort of is probably positive for other more seasoned queens who might apply to come on the show because they see well mm-hmm. if you walk in there with a significant reputation and people know who you are you'll get given a bit of a pass and you'll get given a bit of a thing and I think the reason that they sent her home this week well or the reason maybe why they felt freer to send her home this week was because this was a comedy challenge this was supposed to be her thing and like it really like I mean even watching through a language barrier I could tell that it wasn't very funny and that it wasn't kind of translating well well, I'd say none of them are very funny. I don't know if any of them translated well. But what confused me with this episode was they said we we got Hota Karahota's moment with the scarf from Lola Flores and Estrella not being that interested in it. So I was like, okay, Hota's in the bottom. And then we got the whole bit of Diamante being, you know, oh, you put yourself for two strong queens. You're going to look weak. So I was like, they've set up the narratives for it to be a Hota Diamante lip sync. So I was like, okay, I guess Samantha stays another week. So then when I saw Samantha in the bottom, I was like, oh, Hota's going home because we got, we got set up for that. So I was delighted she left. But I thought it was strange the editing choices leading up to that. Didn't we, I oh know that it was Sharon that we got the, the bit about their caring for their father and passing up opportunities. Yeah. So yeah, we didn't really get much from uh, from Samantha, but I guess like the last two weeks we've kind of got little like insights into what's going on with her because she's been mm. in the bottom and they were just like, listen, you've run out of road. You've run out yeah. of road, Samantha. <laughs> yeah, we can't justifiably save you anymore. <laughs> uh, well, let's jump back to the top. Uh, anything we want to discuss during the mini challenge yeah why don't Spanish people know really basic phrases <laughs> well see <laughs> I was wondering this I wonder maybe they're just, like those phrases because I think I don't think they were direct translations I'm pretty sure they the person who translated them was like the essence of that idiom is the same as the essence of the idiom that the translation was Okay, I guess then like they're not in maybe that, that you know maybe they're not in regular use over there. But I was just very much it was like you know when in Rome <laughs> cycle. I don't know. Wait, <laughs> even like a fair weather friend that to me doesn't isn't like a full adage. It's just sort of like a short expression. So if someone said a fair weather, I I I think I in my head said fair weather lady or something. I don't know. <laughs> That was confusing, but the rest, a lot of the other ones I did get. But yeah. yeah, it's hard to know how how commonplace those expressions are. Yeah, in I, I thought it was Spanish. I thought it was a fun little mini challenge. It's nice when you get those like really ridiculous ones where it is just mm. about people having a lot of cake smashed into a lot of orifices this week. Yeah, was... yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't enjoy it. I don't know if you noticed like when they finished the mini challenge and they were all kind of getting ready to go, like the the like the pie 
face thing was sitting there all like covered in cream and it was like dripping down and i was like yeah i was like and i bet it's hot there and that's probably gonna smell it's also not a good look to be wasting food in this day and age you know i find maybe it's shaving cream yeah actually it probably is but not not, not the flan although actually though shaving to... cream because they were all licking it up so they weren't licking it up with shaving cream oh yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, yeah, it was a bit of fun. Didn't really learn anything about them. Although there was a lot of demolition cake, there was also a lot of groping across the episode as well, I thought. Like, Benita Bondash was, like, basically just touched the dicks of two of the pick crew members. At one point when they're gathering around the table, Sharon grabbed Georgie's boob. Yeah. There, well. there was a bit of that. There was, like, a bit of, kind of, um, the, like, because there was one point where someone grabbed one of the pick crew members, like, really, and you could tell he was, like, very uncomfortable as he was, like, kind of walking mm. away. It was during the, the skit, like, kind of, where one of them, like, grabbed the pick, one of the pick crew members, and it was, like, you could see that that person, was when they were walking away, like, you could see that they looked kind of uncomfortable and, like, they didn't really show. So yeah. there was, there was little elements like that where I was kind of going, maybe we're watching it from a place where the things are seen and different levels of acceptableness mm, yeah mm. yeah i i did think that wouldn't wash over here but yeah yeah i think that was that was strange right the, the make maxi challenge this week was patricia's diary uh patricia's diary is basically from what i can understand the spanish version of jeremy kyle okay um so then the puta is like, you know, yeah. it's a pun on Patricia. Um, so yeah, basically like your bossy Ross challenge is what I guess it was supposed to be. Uh, did you like any of them? Um, I, No, it would be the short answer, but mm. I could see the highs and lows in some of them. And I appreciated some of the characterization that choices that some of the things like I could tell that the the two onions were doing a good job um i, I actually have, i have a quote from the episode <laughs> from anna looking 2022 australia was absolutely amazing as white onion <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know she she was absolutely amazing as white onion <laughs> And, and then Sharon came in and really gave it all she could give it as Red Onion. Red um, Onion. But yeah, no, I, I could tell that they were doing quite well. I liked Georgie's sort of performance. I thought mm-hmm. that she kind of, you know, was very, like, did that, like, walking the line between the kind of, like, sexy innocence thing. I am, like, starting to get a Dali-sized crush on Onyx. Like, I okay. am finding him to be extremely handsome. And also, like, just the way he acts and behaves, I, I, I just am, like, a bit of a weirdo. I, I really am liking it. Didn't necessarily love this, like, idea, this, like, was it an actual dog or a furry? Because I wasn't 100% sure, because I suppose if we've had... It was a puppy play. was a puppy play, but yeah. I suppose, like, if we've had sort of, you know, anthropomorphic onions earlier, yes. then it could actually just be a dog. So... Lots of well, layers. Well, the dog could pay. The dog, I think it was a person because they were able to pay. Well, the onions had purses. <laughs> True. <laughs> I take that back. Yeah, like the first one with the onions and the tortilla. That one was the most far-fetched, I felt. Because it's like, like, did they really run out of ideas? They were like, okay, well, we're going to have a polygraph test. That's classic for this format. Let's do something with OnlyFans. You know, uh pearl clutching older ladies in Spain might want to talk about OnlyFans and then they were just like what are we going to do for the third one as somebody chomps out into a tortilla and they were like 
onions. That's I, but I, like I, I just didn't like this. Is I just didn't understand the setup because well, I kind of I got the idea that the the concept was supposed to be that the it was around someone who was like claiming, but then it just the characters didn't make any sense because I thought it was like mm. you know. Tortilla was supposed to be being angry because Onion was taking all the glory for like making them a celebrity or making them a star. I, I, but then it was like, well, what was like, surely it would have been like rather than another onion, it should have been a different sort of type of ingredient within and it would have been like a fight over which yeah. is the main. Why wasn't Diamante a potato? Because it's potato and the egg and the onion to make the tortilla. And why so... wasn't it an egg, a potato, and an onion? Yes. Instead, like, instead of, like, a tortilla. Because, like, the onion is in the tortilla. Also, like, I really mm. didn't like how someone arrived out with a tortilla on a plate and then someone sat down on it. And I was like, uh, like, all I could think of was about how Estrella was sitting. And I was thinking about that mm. props apartment. So we have to clean that couch. I know. But anyway. Yeah, it was strange. I guess, uh, the, like, the Javis uh, were very complimentary to the fact that both Sharon and Estrella both used Andalusian accents. I didn't get the significance of it. Obviously, I couldn't detect but the I, accents. I actually think that they have, like, I mean, I think that they did, like, the characterization of the two older women, or the onions, was very like convincing. And you could kind of see that they were kind of, you know, like, they were doing a good old, concerned mm. woman. I didn't understand yes. a lot of the, th- like, what was going on with the stuff leaking out of the, out of Estrella's lips I I don't know but I was like I think that they actually they that the character choices that they made didn't leave Hosa anywhere to go because Diamante Diamante anywhere to go because I was trying to think like which was the one who the what which was the one that was in the group with the two people that were much stronger than him but <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't it didn't it didn't leave them anywhere to go because mm. the like why why was this like young upstart of an omelette hanging out with these two old lady onions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> but like, from from our point of view, like you can see the commitment from Sharon to being that older lady. I bought that a lot more than I did Estrella. I just... When Estrella started I mean, eating I, I, the onion, I was like, I've crossed the line here. I don't like yes. this. It is messy and like, it is shock value for like you could like Estrella has we talked before about how divine is a big divine, influence. And it's yeah. kind of like, okay, that's sort of a divine move exactly. but I really was like I don't understand why why we need like I don't understand it's how not it true for the character yeah exactly your Andalusian, your Andalusian onion would not like chow down on one of her brethren <laughs> we're not even talking about the god if I've said that once I've said it that <laughs> <time>. <laughs> So the second team were team leftovers um, who had to do the polygraph test. So who it was Sethlas and Hota oh, came out yes. first. And they said having the pillow fight. And I just was like, it was just like, it, it's one of the first rules in improv is like you never have an argument because like you can only take it so far. And they got stuck in it. Then like we have to get physical with it. And then they were literally trapped until... Supreme was like, please sit down and be calm. And then they were calm again. It just made no sense. I thought it was so yeah, cringe. I, I was thinking about that from like, you know, the point, like obviously this challenge was testing improv, but it was like sort of like Kardashian style improv in which it was like slightly constructed because they had mm. a chance to, to think about it beforehand and create the characters that they were going to go out there as. And <clears throat> yeah, from the point, it felt like, 
everyone was starting at a really high level and it didn't leave anyone an opportunity to kind of create a cohesive thing. So then mm. it relied on each character to stand it on their own outside of the scene. Because I think that's kind of yeah. what happened with Vendita was that she managed to stand out separately to everything else that was going on. I think so. And I also kind of got the impression that Hoto was supposed to come out and chat for a bit and then introduce Seth Lass. But kind of felt Hoto came out and was like, didn't even sit down. I was like, my daughter is so-and-so. And then Superman was like, okay, well, we have to bring her on then. I thought, I, didn't I quite liked the... Marina's character though. Uh, yeah, I, I did. Thought... I, I thought Marina did a good job. Yeah, me too. I didn't too. understand the whole concept of this thing. Was that Marina was meant to be Setlas and Hota's daughter? Or Seth... Marina was supposed to be Hota's the, daughter? They were arguing over whose daughter she was. So then Benita came out and did the polygraph and it turned out it was Benita's daughter well look isn't that great <laughs> which isn't funny no no it wasn't so I don't know what you do with that <clears throat> Benita was funny when those doors opened she was kissing the pet crew was one of the only laughs I had during the whole thing I thought um, I would have liked her to say something like okay I've got my results and it's 99% certain that this machine doesn't work or something like that would have been funnier yeah. than what happened but yeah no I and I, I mean before, before as we're we're talking about these scenes I, like I think it's like obviously Rue does occasionally step in to to, mm. to sort of you know host or, or take part in these skits but Rue always does it in boy drag I, yeah. I, I thought it was I mean I thought like Supreme was very game. Like, when you get to the end of the flan yeah. affair and, like, literally she's down on the ground, like, with, like, mashed flan in her face. Like, could you imagine RuPaul? No. Like, RuPaul would have each of those queens executed <laughs> if, like, a piece of flan came within, like, 100 metres of her. Cancel the season and just start again. Yeah, exactly. These queens are never working again. Yeah, like, I like that we were getting kind of, like, a snatch game from Supreme to that degree that she was playing Patricia. Like, I thought that was kind of yeah. fun. And I was interested to see was what caricatures she was giving us in terms of who this Patricia character yeah. was. So, yeah, I liked that. I liked that she was game as well. Um, then there was Team Onyx, who were the only flans. And actually, I thought this started quite well. Out of all of them, I felt I could follow it. I was like... There's this mother, she's worried about her daughter and then the daughter's coming out and she's doing this sex act on the internet and then she has a client who is living his life in sexual kink. And that was all going okay until the flandemonium, which then Oh, no, I think that first of all, like, I mean, th- we're watching this for a laugh and you're going to tell me the story <laughs> of a pensioner whose husband died and left her no money so she was so broke that she had to start (laughs) you know prostituting herself to support her daughter who she thought was heartbroken and trying to put herself through school but then it turns out that she was actually setting up an OnlyFans account to to (laughs) to sell her wares to dogs in the street and I was just like what a grim setup and who came up with that because that puts you right from the very beginning of that I was just so kind of like I feel uncomfortable laughing at this I also think kind of like you know like like I, 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 okay. I mean, like this is me coming from my sort of workplace, where it's all like negative stereotyping mm. of older people. Why can't an old lady enjoy being a dominatrix? Why not have it sure. come from like a positive place where she's like, you know, oh, I don't want this. Like, like make it a, a more grotesque, funnier thing where it's like, 
oh, I don't want my daughter coming in and stealing my patch. Like, this is my gig. And I, you know, I'm sort of, you know, and then have it be that the daughter is stealing her client or something. Rather than like this really sort of thing of like this sad mother who's watching her daughter go down the road of sex work. I mean, like, mm. that's like, that's, that's a grim film. <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. But the reason why I was complimentary is because we got enough character development in the scene that we can actually have a conversation about it. Unlike yeah. the other two, which is just onions and miscellaneous daughter problems. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Okay. They did a good setup for, yeah. I don't know, a Cormac McCarthy novel. Well, not maybe not even a good setup, just a setup in which I was able to look at the scene and go, okay, I know who everybody is in this and I can see who they're trying to be. And I yeah. couldn't say that for this. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. But I do think as well, I, I'm going to like out myself as, as, what's the opposite of a stan? Uh, troll? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Samantha Ballantyne troll. Um, yeah. <laughs> where I'm literally like, she needed to go week one. Like she, definitely week two. But but and I was kind of like seeing her sticking around and this was like really her opportunity to kind of show like the whole way along. It's been like, oh, I'm the comedy queen. I'm a comedy queen. I'm the you know, that's my gig. That's what my strengths are in. I'm going to like really excel in this challenge and then to come out and like not do like not do a good job on it. I was just like, this is, you know, I, I was just ready to to not like whatever Sharon or whatever uh, Samantha Valentine did. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, oh, they're not going to send her home based on that, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> at least I was happy. And just the flan stuff, it just was too much. I don't, like, I just, uh, that joke and the joke that they do in every improv challenge where two people just suddenly start kissing each other. I just think it's like borderline offensive to the audience. It's like, that's the only thing you think we'll find funny is just like the same joke over and over again, like food fights. It's just, yeah, I'm I, didn't like yeah it. no I, I completely agree it goes into a kind of a gross out space that just is sort of like I mean I guess it, it gets like an initial impact but it doesn't actually like it has an initial impact but it, it doesn't bring it somewhere funny it's more just sort of like oh but then also like in these drag race skits you can see it coming like a mile off yeah like you, you you see something is going to get smashed into someone's face and someone's going to do a big sort of two characters are unexpectedly going to start making out it's just going to happen yeah no yeah it was it was gross by the end but I just thought mm. ah, all the food um, so it's one of those episodes where I'm like the max challenge doesn't mean anything to me let's just focus on the runway and I actually really liked this runway category as well even though I hadn't seen any of the movies I still enjoyed it um, the the leading ladies of the work of Pedro Almodovar who I actually only recently found out because he was on Graham Norton I'd say about in February with Penelope Cruz um, so I was like oh bon. and he's like, you know, he's relatively popular all around the world and he's kind of been one of the forefathers of that sort of 80s post-Franco movement that I've been um, mentioning a, a few times across the season. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, it as a theme. So the first one up was Drag Sethlas, who gave us the character, Tilda Swinton's character in The Human Voice. Loved this. Oh my God, it was gorgeous. So, so, so beautiful. Like... My, if I was going to give one tiny critique, it would be that obviously the skirt was like made out of like it was kind of the, the sort of Maddie or like something, the, the Maddie Morphosis uh, kind of thing where the skirt oh, was yeah. just fabric placed over a bodice rather than having tool there to give it a really voluptuous mm. feeling. Um, but beautiful color, 
exquisite. Loved the the hatchet on the head. Like it was it was great. I have to say for I have seen a couple of these movies from, but like not since like the very early two thousands when I went through a very brief kind of like you know during college I'm going to watch international film as my personality kind of a moment so I'd seen a few of them and I was excited to see a couple of people represented on it but it did this this runway would inspire me to go back and re-explore some of his uh, some of his work and just like you know obviously all the people behind that panel are in the art anyway but like the ease at which they all drew the references and had such familiarity with us like we nodded to that although this is sort of an independent filmmaker, they're obviously really widely yeah. watched over there and really like very close reference points. I'm, I'm getting, I'm um, getting, let's, 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 uh, let's anglify it and say that this would be in the vein of if there was a Wes Anderson runway on Drag Race. Yeah. Or Danny Boyle. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Estrella was up next. She gave us a character called Kika, uh, had the, the, the big buck teeth in, was covered in gingham. I mean, I didn't know the character. I found this from so a fashion funny. point of view it wasn't great. I I loved I loved this so much. I mean, it wasn't by any stretch mm. like kind of the most dazzlingly beautiful look, but I sure. thought it was sold so well. It was put together brilliantly. It looked like when you saw the still of the the character next, it was like it looked so good. <laughs> Just I, like her. I yeah. I was really impressed with this. Estrella is someone who who is really impressing me has everything mm. down from the humor to the acting ability like the charisma and and i also loved in the workroom where they were like that scarf no more belongs to Lola Flores <laughs> the lime fucking teapot like <laughs> i was just like the the like i i just i just appreciate that truth and honesty <laughs> yeah how did you find her um talent show performance Oh, can I remember what it was? I loved it. I initially started out and I thought I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. But yes. then, because I was kind of like, oh, is this just going to be like leaning more into the the kind of like the laugh and and stuff? But actually, I thought it was really spectacular. It kind of, mm. like it to- like it it completely reversed that narrative and like kind of like, you know, kind of like expressed beauty in bigger bodies in a way that it never is usually seen. So I, I was like blown away by it. Yeah, no, I I the same journey with it as well. I was like, oh, here we go again. But actually, yeah, she she showed the beauty in it, which I thought was yeah. great. Uh, Samantha Ballantynes gave us uh, two of the women from Women on the uh, Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. There was that reveal, which took a while in the process. You know, it took a while yeah. to tear off that pencil skirt. Um, but they seem to be living for the reveal of the, the, the baddie. I feel like as if... <laughs> Like I uh, Samantha Valentine Focus on one of these And do it really well And elevate it to a drag level mm. Don't just give us A Halloween costume version Of the two of them And if you're going to do A reveal like that Like it needs Like like it's it It's a reveal Not a kind of a You know A, a quick change You know what I mean mm. So like it, it have, And then we see it again In the, the lip sync It's like you, you know like You need to do this Seamlessly So that it, it's not distracting From what's going on Around you But I Yeah I thought that it looked Very It looked very good I thought that she did Sell it I felt she probably Would have been better To have Kind of just focused On one of the characters Rather than Kind of trying to do Both of them mm. Maybe that was her Downfall a little bit Yeah Because like The pencil skirt Seemed to match Pretty well But it wasn't dragged up. And I think Anna Loking said that to her as well. 
at the end like it wasn't really drag it was kind of like just a straight up um, yeah. you know interpretation so yeah have a much bigger shoulders or something like that like just needs a bit more drag to it I, I would have thought um, Benita Bondash gave us Zahara from Bad Education this was one of the best looks on the runway I thought yeah this also was one of the the, the films I've seen um, from that <coughs> period in my life when I was watching uh, international film as a pretentious hobby um, mm-hmm. it's not a pretentious hobby but I was making it one that's an important distinction yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I, I thought I thought it was fabulous like I, I have a vague recollections of, of what the, the movie was about which is it's like a weird kind of caper in, involving kind of revenge and, and drag queens um, and this look was stunning I think and I think like they referenced it a couple of times that like Jean-Paul Gaultier did a lot of the, the costuming for, for this mm-hmm. um, and I would agree based on seeing a still of the older one and seeing this one that I thought this was also better well done Vendita yeah. this episode Vendita I finally started enjoying Vendita in this episode I have to say because I, I had not been enjoying Vendita in I'd kind of written her off exactly I kind of was like you're just going to be bland you are the, the famous you are getting the sugar cane award uh, mm. of Spain because I still just see a chin strap whenever I see the beard oh yeah no come on chin strap is all I see as well <laughs> uh, Diamante Mary Brown gave us um the skin I live in, I've written, yeah, they, they did the blood trick with the yeah. from the neck thing, which I thought was a, was a cool gag. But outside of that, they, it kind of, you know, you wanted a bit more. Yeah, it wasn't very dragged up. Like it was effective in the, like, you know, it, it was effective, but it wasn't sort of like, wow, you know. Eduardo Casanova loved it though. Oh. I loved their whole look. I mean, that that's drag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on! Uh, really? That I mean that I need to look up who that person is, and they're an actor in a daytime soap, from what I can see. Uh, so that's just that. That was just for this show. Yeah. Wow, that mm. is a spectacular. From what I can see, anyway, I didn't see any other pictures of them in glitter from Google Images. I fair play to them. Like they knew mm, how to. Absolutely. They they had one moment, and they they took us. <laughs> they shot the shot. <laughs> Um, Sharon was up next they gave us Marissa Perez from High Heels I like you know the, the garment wasn't particularly stunning but like I felt I knew the character without having seen the movie the kissing of the stage the removing of the bracelet like it, the characterization was 100% yeah no definitely I mean I think that they referenced how it would have been nice to have seen and kind of a similar thing to, to, to Samantha Valentine is how it would have been nice to see a dragged up version of the the look so it wasn't just so much of a straight mm. kind of um interpretation. interpretation she looked gorgeous i thought that the makeup like was so flawlessly done to kind of create that older skin i, I thought she looked fab character yeah i mean it was really good but it just it could have been oomphed a bit yeah no agreed uh hota Carahota gave us andrea cara cortada um from oh yeah i thought this was fun bit crafty and I didn't really realise till the runway that she had the massive big train that I didn't even see on the runway yeah. like, I think she made the most of it I, I completely agree with you because the train was the most interesting thing the way it kind of fanned out mm. into that flame type ending it was gorgeous and I do think like I, I got what they were saying about because in the original piece there had been like two boxes revealing kind of 
a tit each and like having just the one window sort of I I suppose lessened some of the impact or lessened some of the the drama Um, I did think it was a very good interpretation of the look it was a brave look to choose because it was so Mm -hmm. big but uh, yeah there were just some details on it that maybe weren't quite at the same level I I did really enjoy it and I thought that when she took the the big sort of frame off her chest and was lip syncing she sold the fuck out of the look and the lip sync yeah yeah, actually, she's kind of better without the bit in front. Yeah. I kind of felt. Uh, Georgie was up next and gave us Penelope Cruz from Broken Embraces. This was my top two of the week. I oh this was my god! Can we talk about that? Had that like she is that is the most beautiful anyone has ever looked on the the runway of of Drag Race. Mm. Maybe not, mm, but maybe Carbon Farala. But yeah, like I I would I would say like if you put like you know you were putting she is she is in the same category as like your Aquarius and your kind yeah. of like Miss Fames like in terms of that particular look like did that like that kind of it gave me like a little bit of that like Crystal Versace finale look yes. from season yes, three yes. and yes. it was so sexy and she looked so beautiful. Yeah, she looked absolutely amazing and she's owned it so well. Um yeah, loved it. Marina was next. Uh, they were the tiger in the skin I live um, and even included the bum birthmark. I quite liked this as well. Like I thought, you know, Marina doesn't disappoint on the concepts. I thought this was delivered very yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was really clever. It was really good. Um, and I think th- there's a lot of that kind of hair going on in Drag Race at the moment. The kind of mullety, choppy kind of. Mm. And so like when I saw that, I was kind of like, oh, Bosco could wear that wig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> and finally, Onyx. This is this is like an unfair show for starting to say, but because Onyx was left last and they've had such a good first two weeks i was a bit disappointed even though it was still great like andrea cara cotarda again as a robocop lesbian alien i liked it but it was like a a notable step down for the last Uh, yeah i think absolutely like this was a like i mean from the the look last week to to this it it, it is definitely like uh it's still in a a very top-notch kind of Mm -hmm. placing but yeah it was a little bit underwhelming based on what we've seen before Um, and i think that just I think that this was probably a week to play into the glamour a bit more. So I kind of, yeah. I kind of think I, I wish that perhaps because I think that the people who really stood out this week were the people who gave like <coughs> proper glamour. Like I think for me, Setless and and Jersey were the ones who I really mm. am going to remember coming out of this. Yeah, I think so too. Because then it goes to the judges, and the judges say. Setlas, Jury G, Marina, Onyx, Step Forward. And I was so confused with this combination that I was wondering whether they were just going to say, you have the best looks on the runway or something. That was the only trend yeah. I could find between them. Uh, but they were all safe. I kind of thought, I thought Jury G had this episode in the bag. I thought she was one of the more compelling actors. And then I thought she had the best runway. I, yeah, I completely agree. Because I mean, I think that I, I felt that Jury G... Jirichi's character was much more interesting and much like and I think she has this amazing capacity to just sort of captivate within her like mm-hmm. kind of just 100%. even just on screen you're just captivated by her and I think that like she brought that to the character that she was doing and it was really really good I think that she was markedly better than than Vendita Von Dash. Like I think that Vendita's Yeah, I I'd say she she was definitely deserved to be tough. Like yeah. great runway look, great performance. I yeah, I think yeah, she definitely like I think that it would have been it would have been acceptable for Vendita and Sharon and and, and Jurgi to be the yeah, to be the, the top three of the week. 
Yeah, instead of Estrella, I felt. Yeah, well, I I enjoy definitely like I enjoyed Estrella's. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Estrella didn't belong in the top. Do you, Do you agree with the bottom two? Did I agree with the bottom two? Yes, I did. I also think Demonte could have been in there, but yeah, I think that probably Demonte might have deserved to be in there a little bit more than I agree. Hosa Caro Hosa. Uh, the reason when I heard Diamante was safe, I I thought Hota was going home. I thought this was all yeah r- that she they were setting her up to go home, and maybe they were. And it was just that she pulled out the bag of lipstick and they saved her. Yeah, because I think Diamante had a, had a worse look, and I think she noticeably struggled more than Hota did. I I sort of think that they're being unfair to Hota. There's two weeks now mm. Hota has ended up in the bottom and or in like the kind of like getting negative critiques, and largely it's. Yeah. It's been about kind of you need to be more confident or you need, you know, like, so it hasn't necessarily been you did bad. It's like kind of, you know, I, I, I think that like the her lip sync in this like episode was well, her lip sync in this episode was the best lip sync we've had this season. Yeah, like, <laughs> without without a doubt. And like 100%. I was very much over Samantha Ballantyne and kind of like pounding around the stage like a toddler with no shoes and tights on like it was just messy 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 yeah the lip sync song was Un Anno de Amor by Luz Casal from High Heels the movie and I couldn't work out why the Halleys were crying I was like are they crying because they're moved by Hosha's performance because it can't be because Samantha's pretending to masturbate I... but I think it was because they they thought I think I think it's because they saw they knew Samantha had to go home that's why I actually think it was now oh I mean I think that could be it I at one stage thought like when the guy was watching this and I said to myself I'm going to throw my television out the window <laughs> if Samantha Ballantyne takes her fucking wig off and then she took her wig off and I said well nobody you probably weren't that. even able to finish that thought <laughs> yeah. but because I, I just like now she put another wig back on so I was kind of like okay but it really is a case of like you like these things have to be seamless if they're going to work like you don't get the you know the the opportunity to you know like it would have been better for her if she had like literally like run off backstage and then come back out wearing the the other look like that would have had more of a wow to it than literally kind of you know awkwardly getting changed beside your mate in the like locker room after a game of football <laughs> like i don't think you should ever show the sort of ungarmented drag body with just the, the tights and the pads. You should never no. show that. And we've seen it every single lip sync. Yeah, uh, completely. And this also was like, I mean, so one of them said it in the commentary, like this is not, that was clearly not a lip sync for kind of jokey, funny, haha. Like that was a serious lip sync in time to kind of show mm. like kind of a, a more serious side. And I don't think that's, I don't think that Samantha had that in her. Whereas Hosa definitely did. Yeah. Oh, I was so happy she went home. Honestly. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I've been so happy for someone to go home. I know. It's ridiculous. I mean, it could I mean have if been like... If Lubamba had gone home, maybe I would have felt <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> I mean, like, or like the last time anybody went home on season 14. Just, yeah. just because it was like, wow! <laughs> they actually kicked Queens out? <laughs> Uh, 
Um, so yeah, next week they are turning the Javi's movie Holy Camp into a musical, which I think promises to be good. I think this was a, this was a, a marked like I think I would say eight and a half for the first episode, nine for the second episode. I would say this was about a five. Um, yeah, you could be back up to eight again. I, I, I'm going to give it a six, but you are right. I think that this was like kind of like strong start, exceptional second episode, and then mm. kind of like dip into more ordinary territory with this one. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the, the Rusical can can swing it back up. Yeah, no, definitely. It's still definitely the the the, se- the season to be watching. At the absolutely, moment. absolutely. I am I am somewhat excited for the day when it is the only season I'm watching for as long as that may last. Yeah, for about a, for about three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw someone on Twitter. So I don't know if this is true, saying that by the time this episode comes out, the all winners promo will have dropped. So. That should be fun. I've also heard rumours that Drag Race Holland has been cancelled. I would not be upset. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel... I feel based on season two, I was curious to know how, how they could pull it back. But I was wondering whether Janie Jacquet being on UK vs. The World, I think she did a good job representing the Dutch drag scene. I would have thought that might have renewed interest in it. I think I I suppose like I I was thinking about it in terms of how big the drag scene over there is, mm. and I suppose if they they want to be sort of casting like perhaps they could do perhaps it's not cancelled maybe it's just taking a year off. But yeah. uh, I I don't know I thought season two was not just a bad season. A terrible season. No, Eamon <laughs> Duffy. <laughs> no, I no. I, I thought that like there was lots of choices that the producers made throughout the season that just really like aggravated me and and like, mm. made it like it made it it stopped being enjoyable to watch because you didn't know what you could rely on being true. Like you need to go into mm. these shows understanding that there's a certain set of rules that people that 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 you're going to be following, and you need to be able to know that you know, the edit will tell you who's going to do worse and then that person will go home and you need to know that if someone has a mobile phone, they'll get kicked off the show. Mm. <laughs> I also, I, I think, you know, the the judges weren't interesting. I thought Fred was great, but the second panel, Miss Marshmallow, whatever her name was, Marika Samella was as dull as dishwater. Carlo Bozhard was cancelable and then you had like a rotating Raven Von Durst who was interesting and somebody else it's just like you didn't care about the judges and I think we're finding with these international panels we are so compelled by the judges look at Canada look at Spain Italy was a bit of a dud but like you know I think that's part of its problem and then there was a really bad series of lip syncs I think on the season yeah. as well and it just yeah it's but I, I I think that like I think that that they're I think that with the, the, the Dutch one, perhaps there isn't an enormous audience within Holland that you're making it for. You're, mm. So you're perhaps having to make it with more of an international view, which means you're, you're like maybe don't have as much kind of like home, like the way in España, it can really propel itself based around Spanish kind of culture and heritage. Like perhaps, yeah. I, don't, I don't mean that there's not the same amount of, you know, Dutch culture and heritage. I'm just saying that it's a smaller country that's, maybe has less of a population that would be interested in it so you have to look outside to try and keep it going 
but I don't know because I think the thing that's been keeping the the really successful franchises outside of the US and UK going is that it gives you a, a view into what it what drag life is and what queer life is this sort of cultural exchange and I guess I just feel bad for the Dutch queens because I don't I generally don't believe it was cancelled because of them I think it was cancelled because of the production I think what we're finding on what makes a good season what makes a bad season is the production not the queens I think the queens have been consistently interesting across all the countries I completely agree with you and I think that like the 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 first season cast for Holland was really good and really strong. The second season cast mm. had such an amount of promise, but it was just mismanaged to such an extent by the production and by like poor choices in in the way tasks were 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 were, mm. were carried out that it just became like it was just a mess and it wasn't enjoyable then to watch. And I do like I do think as well like there is so many different franchises of it going at this point that only the like only the strong will survive. You know. Yeah. And I guess that's and this, we have to eliminate the franchises as well as the queens. Yeah. Well, I, I do like I do think that I I you know in a, a bigger conversation I watched a YouTube video about two or three years ago maybe even more long mm-hmm. ago where they talked about the trajectory of reality TV shows and they were talking about Drag Race and they say that kind of there is an, a sort of an imperial phase where the, the show is like really finds its feet and is doing fantastic and then as it comes to the end of that they need to like capitalize on the goodwill of the audience by just branching out into all of these like into and this is the yeah. phase we're in at the moment and it's quite a short phase after which time the whole thing ceases mm-hmm. so i think that this we we are living in the end of drag race days people we are living in the Probably. end of drag race days but and on that cheery note <laughs> listen to our drag race podcast <laughs> i'm surprised i'm actually surprised it's it's lasted as long as it has i guess to a certain degree from the the burnout but maybe you know but, we'll see we'll see how yeah it but i i think that like the the audience has kept expanding for it so like yeah the the the, the market that's been being able to sell to has been like expanding 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 and i think the problem is that you need the queer audience at the center to be the most engaged audience mm. so that it can continue to produce the queens that actually want to go on it and keep yeah. it interesting and yeah right well that's it for this week um we'll be back with you uh next week so no episode on the main nope, feed nope. this week um, so we'll be back to you next week for the next episode of Drag Race España we'll talk to you then bye, bye. bye.